Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Dunn Tire. 315-437-7644. Phone lines open the entire way today. We want to talk some SU basketball with you. Uh, I did have a chance to sit down with John Wildhack, SU Athletic Director, uh, earlier today, just about an hour or so ago. I'll We'll play that interview back for you some point during hour number two, but phone lines open uh, for the entire first hour, Seth, as we look back on what was a good win. I mean, that was a a good win. I don't, I don't expect Maryland to, to necessarily contend for the Big Ten title, um, but we were hyping this game up as the first true test of the season for Syracuse, and they played some good non-conference teams, maybe not marquee names uh, in the opponents of you know Iona and Oakland and Texas Southern, so on and so forth, but teams that are going to contend for their respective conference titles. Last night felt like, all right, let's see where this team is, is truly at at this stage. And they come out with a hard-fought win. I mean, that it was a fantastic game, first and foremost. The largest lead in the second half was four points for either team. I mean, it was nip and tuck the entire way. And once again, SU's best players made plays when they had to. Tyus Battle, Frank Howard, O'Shea Brissett, and they come away with a two-point win, and they're still undefeated. And I don't know how many people had this team at 6-0 and at this stage. No, I don't either. And I think that, you know, talking about it yesterday, I thought that this was going to be you know, the first real test where, you know, we, we might get to March and that Iona win, that Texas Southern win, the Oakland win. They might be nice, right? They're on your resume. It's like, hey, you beat teams that might be in the tournament field. Those might be games that you look at and you say, hey, we beat conference champions if they do, in fact, go and finish the deal. Um, this game felt like your first opportunity to go out and uh, beat a potential at-large team. Right, like Maryland's not going to win the Big Ten. Maryland's not the best team in that conference, but they they still very well might be an NCAA team. They they still very well might be based on what we saw the first six games of the year, a team very comparable to what Syracuse is. And SU went out there last night with Tyus Battle, not clearly not at full strength, and was able to win that game. Um, I, I think that was really important. I think it was really good to get that win and see what this team could do against that kind of a team, that caliber team. And you know what? Everybody wants to use the biggest game as the measuring stick. I know we've talked about this with football, right? The measuring stick is LSU. The measuring stick is Clemson. The measuring stick is Florida State. And I'm sure people will say that about this game Saturday. The measuring stick is Kansas because we're Syracuse and we should be a top top team in the country. Like, no, for a young team, Maryland right now is the measuring stick. Like, this seems like a team that you are at the same level as. You went and beat them in a close back-and-forth game. That's where you're at right now, and, and and I have no problem saying that this year. This game on Saturday is obviously important because Absolutely. it is a, it's a marquee opponent, and it's it, it is Kansas, and they're third in the country. But to your point, I think it's a good one you just raised. It, in some ways, this game against Maryland was more important, right? I mean, people don't expect Syracuse to go out and beat Kansas, but this was a game that was a nationally televised contest against. An evenly matched opponent from a Power 5 conference. We had yet to see Syracuse face a, a Power 5 opponent this year. And and you're right. Maryland feels like 
it's a team and a program right now that's on on equal footing. And both are picked to finish in the middle of the packs of their conferences. And Syracuse went out and with this young team, uh, went out and, and got the job done. And I, I continue to be very impressed with the play of Frank Howard. And I said it before the season started. I thought he was the key to the season. We knew Ty's battle was going to be there night in and night out. And you're right, battle was not 100% last night. Did finish with 18 points. Uh, played 37 minutes, but what, you could nine tell... nine of those he, in the last minute? Right. right? You I could mean, tell he was, uh, you know, he, you could tell he was struggling a little bit with the back and trying to get loose. And, and, and that's going to be, you know, something he may have to deal with for another couple of weeks. But he was out there. He's a gamer. He played hard. And, and he was a difference maker. Maybe the difference maker down the stretch. You know battle's going to be there night in and night out. But what they've gotten from Frank Howard at the point guard position... 15 points, 10 assists, and again, yes, he had four turnovers last night, but he continues to have you know an assist-to-turnover ratio that's 2-1 to one or 3-1 to one in, in, in any particular game. Seven steals last night, Seth. So yes, he turned it over four times. You can live with that, though, especially the way that he's playing. The 10 assists, and, and Battle hit the shot, but Battle might not get that shot with a minute to go, if not for Frank Howard drawing the, the, you know, the, the slide. And and dishing to to battle, yep. he did a nice job moving towards the corner, and he hits the three. Frank Howard set up that play, and again, he was I I I couldn't be more impressed right now with the play of Frank Howard. Oh, he he was really good last night, and, and I know that uh, watching with Roosevelt Bowie, and we talked about this a little bit on the post game show last night. Rosie wanted him to to drive and pass a little bit more than he was, and there and there was look there were some times where Frank would drive and take a shot that. You know, you may not want him to take. There were times where he took threes that might have been ill-advised. Um, but at the same time, he makes that play at the end. He steals seven passes. Uh, you know, he he, he made plays um, in this game. And I, I think that you're watching him develop and become that reliable second option. And I know I mentioned it last week, but... He seemed like the guy who was going to become the second option by default just because he always has the ball. Like, it was him and Tyus Battle who always have the ball in their hands. And I think that that's what we've seen, right? We saw it Wednesday night when Frank when, when Tyus Battle went out, Frank Howard took over the game because he had the ball in his hands and he made plays for himself. Last night, he had the ball in his hands. He went and made plays and called his own number. Um, that, that can be a good thing. That can be a bad thing. Uh, but for Syracuse, I think that's a good thing because they're going to need him to do that, especially, you know, a game like last night, a game like Wednesday night when Tyus Battle is out or not himself. Kevin Herter hit that three with 140 to go, gave the Terps a 66-65 lead, and then Tyus Battle scores the rest of the points for Syracuse. Hits the three with a minute to go, hit a couple of free throws, had the jam uh, on the out-of-bounds play where he goes long, gets the baseball pass, and, and dunks it home. So, again, the the scoring, like if you look back on the play-by-play, oh, you know, Battle, you know, stepped up, and he did in that final minute. But Howard had the assist on the three-pointer. Howard had the steal on the the play that led to the two free throws for Taz Battle, and it's 68-66. Maryland has a chance to either tie or take the lead. Howard comes up with the loose ball. Battle knocks down the free throws. They go up by four. And yes, Herter hits another three, makes it a one one point game. But you know, Tyus was able to to get the dunk. Uh, Kevin Herter, by the way, a guy that Syracuse had their eye on, just didn't have a scholarship to give him. What a performance for oh, him! Oh, he's great. Uh, you know, the Albany native went to Shenandoah High School, had more than three hundred fans in attendance there supporting him last night, family and friends, and and he put on a show. Seven for nine from three point range, finished with twenty three points. Um, and again, it was a guy that that Syracuse wanted. They just they couldn't find a way to make it happen, and and he got away and he went to Maryland. Yeah, um, and, and look, if they had a scholarship for him, you think he wouldn't have had a spot on this team? You know, I was I was watching and look. This has been an issue all year long. We know it's been an issue all year long. 
but the three-point shooting is not there for this team. Uh, you've got one reliable three-point shooter, Three and that's Tyus. eighteen last right. night. Right, you have one reliable three-point shooter, and that's Tyus Battle. Uh, you know this team could use in the most desperate of ways an Andrew White, a, Ty- a Trevor Cooney, uh, heck, a Tyler Lydon, a Malachi Richardson, uh, who can knock down a three consistently. They could use any of those guys. Um, you think Kevin Herter wouldn't have a spot on this team? Uh, I-, I would bet that if he were, if Syracuse had the scholarship and was able to get him, I would bet he would be playing some big-time minutes. Syracuse 3-for-18 from three-point range. Uh, battle was 2-for-5, but it was a struggle for everybody else. Frank Howard, and we've seen Frank Howard's shot, is his outside shot, has improved uh, greatly from last year to this year. He was 1-for-7 last night, but again, found other ways to affect the game with the 10 assists, the 7 steals, still finished with 15 points, able five to get to the basket. Too. I five mean, he, rebounds, He really filled up the stat sheet last and, night. And the, the, you, know, you said that... He took a couple of advised shots, and he did. I don't mind it early on in the season because it shows that he has confidence. And wasn't that our biggest knock with Frank last year was he didn't play with confidence? And I like you understand why. I mean, he was he was looking over his shoulder. If he did something wrong, he's coming out. John Gillen's going in, and he was struggling with injury. And and I get it. I mean, I and and I honestly, it's not the same thing. I went to Ithaca, and I know it's Division three. You know, I. I went through much, uh, you know, the same thing early on in my college career, where I struggled with my confidence. If things don't get off to a good start, you know, you're looking over your shoulder. It's hard to play like that when you're thinking and not just reacting. I like the fact that Frank is going out there and he's just playing. He's just playing his game. And if he takes an ill-advised shot, you know, here or there, or if he commits a turnover here and there, as long as it's aggressive, as long as he's trying to make a play, I'm okay with it because yeah. we didn't see that last year. We saw him play cautiously, and and again, I I don't blame him for that. But the way that he's bounced back. And I know I said it off the top of the show, but I I like the fact that he, he stuck with it and, and I'm I'm happy for him, but he's a difference maker on this team. It, it, oh, when, yeah, when he plays like that, you know, this team could be pretty good if he plays like that. Absolutely. And and we're focusing offensively more so than defensively, but you know, the the biggest difference in this team last year to this year, and I know we've talked about this, you would agree, is the defense. And the 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 ability of this team to play defense and get those turnovers they had what they had 12 steals and 5 blocks last night but that all stems from Frank Howard and Tyus Battle at the top of that zone 65 and 66 you know that's not something that Syracuse had last year you know John Gillum was a smaller point guard and and we've seen you know especially recently when is this zone the best when Mike Benesche and Michael Carter Williams is at the top Right, that's when the zone defense is the best, and I think that you've got another version of that with uh, with Frank Howard. He's long, he's lanky, so is Tyus Battle. They're athletic, and that just it. it I, I think as this season progresses, and everybody else gets a little more comfortable, the freshmen back there get more comfortable. That's going to be so important because we another another thing we've talked about the half court offense isn't great so the defense has to keep forcing these turnovers has to keep blocking shots and keeping them in bounds so that they can get some transition points and get some easy buckets and and I think that we saw that last night with Frank Howard getting the steal with Tyus Battle you know getting the the dunk on the baseball pass uh that that's got to keep going so Frank Howard not only offensively defensively impacting this team. Maryland committed 18 turnovers last night uh Syracuse with 12 steals and another handful of block shots let's go to the phone lines uh Brendan in Manly is kicking us off today on Orange Nation hey Brendan good afternoon guys how's it going good how are you good to me that was an extremely impressive win I was going to play devil's advocate for a second regarding the three-point shooters I mean who couldn't use a good three-point shooter but 
I think this team is playing more of a team, not having a three-point reliant shooter. I think they're, they're doing the high-percentage thing. They're taking the ball to the rim. They're getting fouled and make a few more free throws. But I'll tell you what, I think this team is maybe even better suited than last year's team because they're not overly reliant on a three-point shot. I mean, through six games, I cannot – I'm stunned at the improvement of Frank Howard's game. Every aspect of his game is improved immensely. I mean, for being a freshman, Sidibe, to me, phenomenal hands, great feet, good defensive presence. Same thing with Chuku. I'm just, I don't know what they did this year to work on that stuff, but, man, I'm early, but I'm very, very impressed with how the way this team looks right now. Yeah, I'm with you, Brendan. And, and yeah, Frank Howard is at the top of the list. I mean, he really is. And, and I said I, I feel good for him, and I'm, I'm happy for him. He went through a lot. He, he, he dealt with a lot of criticism. And, and he'll be the first to tell you, you know, we sat down with him before the season started, and he said, I, you know, I understand why we're picked 10th in the conference. Um, and he's like, I, I understand why people are doubting me. I mean, he said, like he's, he, he's self-aware. He understands it. And he went through a lot of criticism last year. He gets it. He didn't play well. He was hurt. He had, you know, he was looking over his shoulder, and John Gillen took his spot. And it's that's hard for a young man to handle. Um, but the way that he's bounced back, and the way that this coaching staff has instilled confidence in him, and said, "All right, the keys are yours. You're playing." I mean, he played 40 minutes again last night. Yeah. You're not coming out. You are our leader. Go out and 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 do your thing. And he's been doing his thing. He's been doing it very, very well. And that backcourt of him and Tyus Battle, they're going to keep you in a lot of games. Like it, whether you're playing, you know, Duke and Virginia, or they'll keep you, know, you in Maryland. the game. That's what yeah. I'm saying. They will keep you in game if you play defense the way they're playing defense, and you have those two playing at a high level the way that they've been playing. You're going to be in a ton of games this year. Yeah, and here's the one thing I would push back on with Brendan's call is the three point shooting, saying that. It might be a good thing that this team, you know, isn't quite as reliant on the three point shot. We haven't shot. seen them fall and, behind yet. Right. We haven't seen them fall behind by much yet. You mentioned four points either way. We haven't seen them fall behind by too much yet. Um, and, and also, if you look at Syracuse basketball, the last two years specifically, there has been a concerted effort to shoot more three pointers, right? The last two years specifically. When you had two years ago, Benajay, Cooney, Malachi Richardson, Tyler Lydon, and then last year with Andrew White, John Gillen, uh, Lydon, Tyus Battle. There was a concerted effort specifically to shoot more three-pointers. So given that over the last two years, it's not good to not have that this year, right? Because now you have to go back and forth and changing your offense. Coaching-wise, players-wise, Tyus Battle changing his, you know, I don't want to say changing your offense and changing your system, but there is a difference there, right? When when you're emphasizing the three versus, you know what, we only have one three-point shooter. Like, you, you can't chuck up 33s a game when you've only got one guy. And I think there's a happy medium between three for 18 from three and a team that shoots it extremely well and lives and dies by the three. Yes, this team does not live and die by the three, and I think that's good. And I think that was part of what Brendan's point was, was that it can be dangerous to live and die by the three because if you're not making your outside shots, you don't want to be so reliant on that that you can't do anything else. But there is a happy medium between you know making three a game and you know making ten a game. And I do think that this team ultimately will be a better three-point shooting team than it looks right now. I mean, Jim Behan talked about it after the game, said O'Shea Brissett is a good outside shooter. We saw him during the exhibitions and during the scrimmage. Again, for what that's worth, he was able to make that outside shot. He struggled a little bit from the outside at this point. He was 0 for 5 last night. But if he gets it going, you know, Frank Howard is much improved. He was 1 for 7 last night. If he's 3 for 8, it feels a, a little game. different. Tyus Battle, 2 for 5. You know that Geno Thorpe can come off the bench. And again, if you fall behind, one thing we have seen from Geno Thorpe 
and it's been, you know, here and there, we've seen him get some minutes, but he can fill it up from the outside. So if you fall behind, I think ultimately this team is probably a better three-point shooting team than, than it looks right now, but the fact that they're not reliant on it and they don't live and die by that three-point shot, I do think that is a good thing. Yeah, I, I mean, look, it, it's not the worst thing not to live and die by it, but I think there is a happy medium yes. between what happened last night and what we saw in years past. Yeah, look, bottom line, they, they've got to be better because at some point they are going to be fall behind and they are going to want to have that shot in their back pocket. Um, you, you mentioned O'Shea Brissett. Uh, just to note, I thought it was interesting, Bayheim saying last night he was 0 for 3 on shots, 0 for 13, 0 for 13. on shots that weren't layups. Uh, you know, that's all 13 of his misses. And he wasn't um, exaggerating. No, no, he wasn't. That's the, that's the funny part. Um, that felt like the classic, like, I'm going to say this publicly and hope that he hears that, right? Like, I might say it to him privately, too, but, like, let's hope that getting this out in public, he'll kind of notice. I'll tell you what, though, and and this is what I said about Howard. He was one for seven from three, but he found other ways to impact the game and and had a really good game. I mean, that is a great stat line. The 15 points, 10 assists, seven steals, five rebounds. O'Shea Brissett was five for 18 from the field. Bayheim joked he was 0 for 13 outside of five feet. The kid's a beast on the glass. 13 yes. rebounds last night, and he continues to be a double-double machine. And, that and even Jim Bay- Yes, it surprised, it surprised me. me. That's what I was just going to say is that Bayham was asked about that last night during his press conference, and he said it surprised him to some degree. that they, I'm not sure they thought he would be this good this early on the backboards, but he has a desire to get the ball, yeah. and you can't teach that. And he's been, he's been terrific. Four offensive rebounds last night for Brissett. Syracuse had 19 offensive rebounds that led to 42 second-chance points. They had 42 second-chance points to just 20 for Maryland. That was a big difference in the game. Obviously, it's a two-point game, and and they had a lot more opportunities uh, than Maryland had. And Steve, you said 19 offensive rebounds. They missed 35 shots. They were picking up more than half of their missed shots. Uh, That's going to win you a game. 315-437-7644. We're just getting started here on a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation. Uh, phone lines open for the rest of this first hour. Feel free to check in. we got to take our first time out. We are back after this on ESPN Radio. Every Thursday, Coach Bayheim talks orange basketball with Brent Axe. Brought to you by Skinny Atlas Jewelers. On the pulse of the orange, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation. We're powered by Drivers Village 315-437-7644. If you'd like to check in, back to the phone lines we go. Pat and Syracuse up next on Orange Nation. Hey Pat. Steve, how you been? I'm good. How about yourself? Good, man. Enjoyed uh, you know, enjoying this season so far for sure. A couple thoughts on the offense. Yeah. It, it, it is easy to say, uh, you know, looking at Bursat and Howard and, you know, it's not just one game, it's several games that they're shooting under what would be an efficient percentage. But at the same time, when you go back in other years, I mean, back to last, the year before, when, when there was times when we only had one guy on the floor or two that could even score. I mean, when you're looking about Roberson and Coleman, they weren't in there to do that. And the, the defense – my point. The defense didn't even have to guard those guys. You got to guard these guys. And Bursette, like you said before the break, he can and will come around a little bit better on the percentages. And the good news is now the scouting report is going to give him that shot. So it's it's going to be his to make, and he's going to have to knock it down. There's no there's no argument there. But the point is this: we have several guys that have three different levels to, to their offense, and I think that's where it gets a little bit more than just looking at the box score. 
Uh, I didn't think Frank Howard was going to develop not only his outside shot, which didn't fall last night. He had three go in and out, and his shot looks looks good, and I'm, I'm happy for him too. But he's got the mid-range floater, and he can get right to the rim. And there's not a lot of college teams that can put three or four guys on the floor who have two to three levels that they'll at least shoot the three, take the mid-range, and take it all the way to the hole. And we have several guys, even Sidibe, I mean, He's got a little bit of an offensive touch to him. He he can catch and face. He can turn. He's got the drop step. I mean, he's going to take some time to, to, to grow that offensive game. But my, my point is, I think our offense is just fine. And I, I think we're being under – I think we're under undersorting the offense because the defense is so good and the offense from, from, from a surface level has some holes to it. But if you have two guys who can handle the ball – two or three guys that can pass the ball and three or four guys that can shoot to the two different levels of the floor, that's all you need. I mean, we were playing three on five every year we do it, whether it's whether it was Coleman, Roberson, you know, uh, by Kia, all these guys. And we did pretty well with those teams. I think we're going to be just fine. And I think we just need to embrace who this team is and, and, and not worry about the fact. I mean, if you had told me, and I think Beheim said this, if you had told me before the game, the staff, I would have thought we, we got smoked especially that Tyus was only 50%. This is a huge win. This could end up being one of the bigger wins of the year because battle was 50%, and there's no argument in that. I'm excited for Saturday. We'll be playing with house money. I hate the Jayhawks. I, I hate all the Blue Bloods. I, I, I hate your second favorite team in Duke, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> That's a great call, Pat. Um, Has Syracuse played Kansas before? I don't, I don't remember. I, I want to say that they played them they like have, 14 years right? ago. <sighs> Yeah. I, th- I tell you what, that was a great call by Pat. I-, I like the point that he made about Syracuse having multiple players that can score in all three levels. Who are, the, who are your, your best scoring options last year? Andrew White, John Gillen, Tyus Battle. Okay. Tyler Lydon. And Tyler Lydon. Okay, yeah. I- I'm going to put, you're right, at the end of the in year. some order, At, the, at yeah. the end of the year, it was Battle. But let's take the, the other three. Lydon, Gillen, Andrew White. Yeah. Lydon's knock. Couldn't really create his own shot. Yep. Andrew White's knock. Couldn't really take it to the basket. Yep. John Gillen's knock. If he got in amongst the trees, he couldn't finish. Yep. You look at your three best scoring options on this team, and I think this was what Pat was trying to say, and I think it's a great point. O'Shea Brissett, Frank Howard, Tyus Battle. Could all hit the three. Could all hit the mid-range jumper. Could all take it to the basket. Yes, yes, and yes. And that is a good thing. And Tyus Battle... While he came out at the end of the season, for the entire year, he wasn't, he didn't have that ability to score in all three right. levels. And he does this year. And he didn't have to, to no. be fair. And it, right. But again, he came out, we saw flashes of that at the end of the year, um, but he was not the same player that he is now. So even if you want to take it one step further and go to your top four scoring options from a year ago, they were not the complete players that we, and O'Shea Brissett's got, you know, he's got a ton of potential, and this is not the finished product of O'Shea Brissett. It's not the finished product of the other two guys either. But the product that we see and the, the performances we see out of these three guys now, they can score from outside, mid-range, or take it all the way to the basket. And Brissett is a perfect example. He had some really big baskets last night when, you know, the game's tied or it's a one-point game or basket and a foul. His, his outside shot was not falling. He was 0 for 5 from three-point range. He missed 13 shots, right. as Jim Beheim said, outside of 5 feet. But what does he do when the game's on the line? Takes the ball to the basket, gets fouled, gets a basket. You know, Took it within five feet. Momentum-changing right. plays. And when you have your three best players have that ability, and you know it's like last year, Gillen would get in close, couldn't finish, or he would be forced to kick out. Um, you know, Lydon couldn't create his own shot. Andrew White was so reliant on the three, couldn't really put the ball on the floor. They all had 
deficiencies. You know, you you talk about the scouting report. Those three guys, I don't want to say they were easy to defend because you know Gillen had some huge games and, and Lydon's an NBA player and and you know again White has NBA potential and 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 all three of them are, are fantastic players in their own right. But the scouting report, you could say, you know. Run them off the three-point line. Exactly. Or, or force them to put the ball on the floor. Essentially for all three of them. Yeah. Run them off the three-point line, make them get force inside. Force them to put the ball right. on the floor. And you force don't have to make that a play. this year. You don't no. have that because if, if you force Frank Howard to make a play, he will get to the basket or he'll kick to Tyus Battle like he did last night. If you force O'Shea Brissett to put it on the floor, he'll get to the bucket. Same with Tyus Battle. Um, yeah, so I, I totally agree with that. They, they are more, uh, I, I don't know if well-rounded is the right word, but, but more dynamic Offensive players who, who more can versatile. kind of do, yeah, do a little are. bit of everything. They're a little bit more versatile. And that's a good thing. And you probably had more options last year, like in the totality of the roster, at least at this point. Now, that's not to say that, that some other guys couldn't develop into that. I'm not exactly sure what's going on with Geno Thorpe, and we can, you know, we can discuss. I, I mean, he played yeah. four minutes last night, committed two turnovers, and he's the one guy who I've watched this year, and I'm like, yeah. Like everybody else, I'm like, wow, Frank Howard looks good. Tyus Battle is what we expect. But when, you know, I've been impressed with Dolajai and, and O'Shea Brissett on the boards and, and what we've gotten out of the center position, like what we've seen out of the center position. I, I've been impressed by all that. And then like Geno Thorpe comes in and I'm like, yeah. A couple games ago when Battle had the fouls, Geno came in the, towards the end of the first half and, and he played really well in the right. minutes. I mean, he can score. Um, he but like has that's been, one half out of four. I, 12, I understand. So. I, it, I understand. It's, uh, but my point is it's six games in. I'm not giving up on you know a, a guy who's played a lot of basketball in his days. and It is tough, as we saw last year with Andrew White and John Gillen, and it's tough for these 50-year guys to come in and make a you know super smooth transition. So let's let's see how he develops over the course of the year. Um, so I do think last year, top to bottom on the roster, you probably had some more offensive options at this stage. But that's not to say that moving forward, you're so reliant right now on those three guys. But those three guys are so good, and they can score in so many different ways that right now it's enough. You play good defense. Right. The defense is has definitely improved. It's it's much better. It's light years yeah. ahead of where it was at this time last year. It's light years ahead of where it was at the end of last year. Yes, true. True like, statement. Forget about this point last year. Like it's it's far better than it was against Ole Miss and the NIT. That is that's a true statement. So the defense is is light years ahead. The offense again. They're they're doing enough with those three guys, and you hope that some of these other guys come along. The, the two centers last night combined for ten points in the first half. I mean that's right. a bonus if you get that. You know Dolajai comes in and he plays his thirty minutes. He you know ten points, seven rebounds. I mean he he continues to make the most of his minutes. So you know he's not going to lead you in scoring any particular night. I don't think. But, but what I like but about his contributions him, have been have been very important. But what I like about him is is you don't have to get him the ball. Like he went four or five. His one miss was a three. Um, I. I don't remember exactly every single bucket he made, but I would imagine on offensive rebounds, I would imagine on backdoor cuts where he was just wide open. Uh, he, he's that kind of player, right? He, he's not a guy who needs to get the ball in his hands. He can make a play, you know, by making a play. Like he, he can make a play off the ball and and reap the benefits of that. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Phone lines remain open. We're 30 minutes into a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation. Plenty more to come. Keep it here. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.